0: Welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. I'm in here in the online studio with my new friend, Allison Woodrow. Allison is the Engagement Support Lead for European Mission Fellowship, which is a gospel-centered ministry based in the UK who supports pastors and missionaries across Europe. Allie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's so lovely to be here.
0: All right. So um, we met a few weeks ago over email, um, and so uh, it was a, a really encouraging message to hear from you about the way that the the YPT podcast has been able to support and encourage um, pastors and and missionaries across Europe um, through your through your ministry. Uh, so I was wondering, could you could you share a little bit about what is European Mission Fellowship and how did you get involved in that ministry?
1: Well, I'll start with uh, with what is EMF, what is European Mission Fellowship. Um, actually, I'll start with the the context in which we work, which is Europe. Um, and I think probably a lot of people in the Western world would be surprised to know that Europe is now the least evangelized continent in the world. Um yeah this is the continent that had the apostles visiting, this is the continent of the Reformation um, and of different revivals through the years and yet now less, fewer than than 2.5% of people in Europe would say that they are um, evangelical Christians and in some countries that's as little as way below 0.1%. So um, we've obviously got sort of the UK and, and some of the Nordic countries where the percentage would be a bit higher but in general, um, the percentage of evangelical Christians is low in Europe. And so for 60 years now, um, sort of in its current format, EMF has been working um, in that context of a of a continent that is in many places very steeped in orthodoxy or in Catholicism um, and is now, as with many parts of the world, just growing in secularism. Um, and EMF has been working in that context for 60 years. So We um, were sort of originally born out of a time of real revival in Eastern Europe, just before the the Second World War. Um, But in its current uh, setup, as it works at the moment, um, it's been about 60 years. So what we do is we are all about the gospel. We're all about evangelism and church planting and church leadership. And we do that by supporting um, almost well, primarily supporting Indigenous workers. So people who are working in their own country, in their own context, in their own communities, rather than sending missionaries out from the UK um, into these places. We predominantly support workers who are already there, who are starting their own works, who maybe have already been working there for a number of years and just need a little bit of help in whatever area and they can apply to become part of, of EMF. So we have this network of, Pastors and leaders and church planters right throughout Europe. We're currently um in just as of a couple of weeks ago, we're now in nineteen countries. Um, oh man. Amazing. We added a new couple in Finland just a couple of weeks ago. So that has brought us to nineteen countries. There's yeah. there are many more. <laughs> there are many more countries and many more people to be reached, but yeah. um that's where we are at the moment. So ninety over ninety missionaries in nineteen countries.
0: Oh um, that's amazing. I love that. We have some uh, we have some listeners um, in Finland too. Gabe, shout out to Gabe uh, doing great ministry Hi, Gabe. <laughs> there too. So yeah, it's been really encouraging to hear um, yeah. uh, in in leading youth pastor theologian getting to hear from more um, youth workers and church leaders. Um, well, honestly, are, around the world about the work of the gospel, and um, yeah, it's been it's been really encouraging to hear from from leaders like you and about what's happening through ministries like EMF. So we're going to get into that um, a little bit more. Um, So the reason why we're talking is because um, it's missions work and the Great great Commission and student ministry, youth ministry, youth work, whatever you call it, where you're from, they, typically there is some alignment between taking students on um mission trips and how do we how are we doing that are we doing that well are we doing that intentionally um sometimes we hear people criticizing youth missions like it's just a waste of money and you should send that to the local people instead of um spending all that to send the teenagers to do work that the local people could do much cheaper right so sometimes you hear yeah. Um, lots of criticisms about youth missions and all that, and so yeah I, w- I want to talk about that with you a little bit um yeah, so could you just give me a little bit of a maybe a snapshot like what does what does youth missions look like in in the u k and europe i know you're yeah. uh you personally are based in northern Ireland uh so yeah, i don't yeah. expect you to speak authoritatively for an entire continent, <laughs> um, but for us, uh, U.S. Uh, side listeners, um, what does youth missions look like elsewhere?
1: Okay. Well, I think I mean we'll 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 figure out the similarities and the differences um, between what it looks like in in your context and ours. But certainly for us um, and for me, when I was growing up and and still now, um, there was always a sort of emphasis in your late teens probably um on doing something with your summer. Um yeah. so you would be obviously trying to get maybe a part time job as well, but maybe for a week or two heading away somewhere. And and that there were several options. There were the options of staying quite locally, and maybe helping with a camp um or sort of, you know, holiday Bible clubs, things like that that maybe would have been going on. Or there were the options of maybe going a little bit further afield, so for us in Northern Ireland, quite often that was the the Republic of Ireland. I did that quite a lot yep. um, again for for sort of camps that kind of that kind of ministry. Or obviously there's, there's the option of going away for a week or two and um, sometimes longer to do something maybe on the continent, maybe even over, um, to the States or down to Africa. One of my best friends went to Africa every summer for, for years um, and helped in a school there. So wow. there, there were always plenty of options. There were plenty of people wanting to get you on board for yeah. a, for a summer team of some kind or another. And generally speaking, and this still happens in our church now you know, at the start of the summer you're praying for all of the young people and where they're going. (laughs) Yeah. Where they're going. Um and those could be to do a variety of different things. So it could be, as I say, sort of camp ministries, um, Bible clubs, maybe beach missions is is quite a big thing, probably because um, here in the UK and in Europe, we've got quite a lot of beaches. Um, yeah. So beach missions was always sort of beach evangelism is still quite a big thing. Um, and teams would have been going to do those. And then you would obviously have the teams that were maybe going to do something a bit more practical. Um, the kind of building work, painting work, um, yeah. those kind of things as well. So that's, that's sort of the context that I certainly grew up in.
0: Okay. Um, so who would coordinate those was that up to students and their parents to plan and to commit to or did the church plan and organize things
1: yeah so some churches would have organized their own team and still would and we'll actually come on to that a little bit in in with regards to European Mission Fellowship as well and in a little bit so certainly there are churches who organize their own teams perhaps they had links with someone um in another country who you know, yeah. had a small church and they needed help for some of their summer activities. And so therefore a whole team would go out and that could be an all age team. Um, or it could have been with an organization, the likes of Child Evangelism Fellowship or yeah. um, I'm trying to think of some of the more European ones, but some of, some of those that would have organized the team and you might've gone by yourself and not known anybody else on that team yeah. and just joined a, it as, as a, a team from all over the UK. Yeah. yeah as a teenager. Yeah. Okay. Um so yes, several different ways of doing it. Or indeed, you could go out organized um, by your by your parents. My parents. I went for two weeks to Spain when I was sixteen, and that was organized through my parents and yeah. some of their links through EMF, actually. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, there are different different ways
0: of doing it. Yeah. Okay. So that is one difference. So uh, in in America, um, and again, I'm speaking generally. So uh, mm. if you're listening and you're like, "That's not the way I do it," I'm, I'm speaking generally and based off my my knowledge, which you know is not infallible um but to the best of my knowledge, most youth missions in America takes place organized and coordinated by their church um okay. that there are some summer camps and things like that um that you know families have a personal affinity for or connection to or you know. Parents and grandparents and generations of family members went to this camp. So this is the camp that we go to. So this is where the students sometimes go and spend their summers as a a summer camp experience. Uh, But we wouldn't really qualify that really as missions. Um, Sometimes people, older teenagers will go and uh, work as camp counselors or they'll work on staff or something, right? Um, But in terms of missions work, It's almost always uh, planned and coordinated by the youth leader and by the church. Um, In my experience, I can't think of any students. I'm just trying to think through for exceptions. Yeah, I I don't know any students who have gone on a missions trip that was planned by their parents.
1: Okay. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's interesting that that's a bit yeah. more common. Um, I elsewhere. think
1: probably the the difference as well, maybe size of church. Um, so our churches in the UK are probably not, not exclusively, but probably generally smaller than, than the yeah. churches in the U S we, a lot of churches won't have a dedicated youth right. leader yeah. or a, like a paid member of staff. Some do right. my, mine does at the moment, but, um, They don't always, so you're relying on volunteers who have got their own full-time jobs, their own families, whatever it might be, to lead a youth group. So I guess maybe that's one of the differences. Yeah, that would definitely be a factor. Yeah, and and you've you've got a smaller pool of people as well to even go on on one of those trips. So it's not that it doesn't happen, it absolutely does, but certainly not in that kind of very organized and very, that that's quite a normal thing to do. That's That probably isn't so much the case here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I am, so I'm up in New England where churches are small, right? So, um, it's definitely not the Bible Belt. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I resonate with, you know, it's small church, so small resources, <laughs> lots of youth ministries are led by someone who's maybe part time or you know, okay. more or less, like, you know, parent volunteers. Mm. Uh, some churches have full time youth pastors, but um, I think the the norm is small church, small youth ministry. Um and my impression, I'm only gonna put it that way, my impression is even in those churches, uh parents might lead and coordinate it something for their for their teenagers to to serve. Mm. Um, but it's still going to be something that is run by the church. Okay. So they still would would plan it and would make you know, all the preparations necessary, but it would still funnel through the church and then probably invite other church kids to join in rather than just being a, a family thing. Gotcha. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, is. that is interesting. Um, so a lot of youth missions in, in the States is more ser- service trips than what I would hmm. call missions trips. Um, It's usually a lot of, um work projects, painting, banging nails, um sawing boards of wood and like construction projects or mm-hmm. running a VBS camp for children somewhere, um maybe serving in like a food pantry or homeless ministry um somewhere uh but not I I don't know too many youth missions trips that really front and center prioritize gospel evangelism. Okay. Um, so I think there's a place for both. You know, as as a youth pastor, I, I have led many of those kind of service type of trips to get kids out of their shells, out of what they're familiar with, kind of high entitlement. Um, mm-hmm. And then you send them out and get them serving. And that opens up some real meaningful Discipleship for them, and often does give them a vision for for ministry. So I'm not I'm not completely trashing that or saying that's wrong, and we need to d- stop service trips and only do evangelism trips. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that the norm? Like, what is? I don't, I guess I don't really know the question. Um. <laughs> what what is are it, some, some here? I yeah, suppose. is that the same there? Yeah. Or when, when you go on a missions trip, is it more proclamation evangelism yeah. oriented or is it also kind of service oriented?
1: I think, and again, I'm I'm speaking from my own experience, so um but I think we probably would be more more tending towards evangelism by the sounds of how you've described it to me. Yeah. Um I think certainly when I was growing up, the kind of trips that myself and my friends were going on tended to be more about, you know, whether, as I say, the likes of the beach evangelism or um, the camp ministries or those um, holiday Bible clubs, as we call them, VBS, as you call them, you know, those kind of things, where you are, you know, trying to tell people about Jesus. Um, yeah. I think I f- I feel like we do more of that, and I think similarly to what you've just said, it's not that there is no value in the more practical ones. I think right. I think there are two elements to evangelism and I don't, or two two elements to mission trips. And I probably for a long time didn't fully appreciate that, but I think you absolutely have, what, what are you going to do? And I know there was certainly a bit of a backlash a number of years ago here for some of the more practical ones that, you know, these teams of very ill-equipped young people <laughs> were going out and being given a job to do that, that they didn't know how to do. Yeah. They were having a great time, but they went home and left, uh, you know, a community centre with a leaky roof and dodgy plumbing, you know, things like that, (laughs) where really, have we actually gone and made things worse? Have we perhaps been a a poor witness in in doing that? So I know there was certainly a a little bit of a backlash against that, but I think it's not to to detract from the fact that an element of a missions trip has to be the discipleship of your young people. Yeah. So we can't just discount that and say that the only thing that matters is the end result. I think it has to be an and on both, you know. Um, so you have the element of what is our end goal with this? If it is something practical, that's fine. Is that practical thing helping other people perhaps to tell right um, people about the Lord? You know, is, is there a small church somewhere that, you know, don't have the manpower to paint in really bright colours, a room for, you know, for them to bring children into play. Well yeah. then yes, we can provide people to paint. You go and get the people to come in and and to be a part of things. You know, it's kind of you're you're being the backup, but the end goal is still that right. that people will hear about the Lord, that people will see the Lord, that people yeah. will, will find out more about him. That you know, that's your end goal. But the other strand of it is we are helping our young people to see the world, to see things that they wouldn't otherwise see, to realise how big the needs are um to realize how uh, you know how much people how many people in the world have never heard the gospel or yeah. have never known a church have never known you know you've got the the getting them out of their comfort zone maybe helping them to realize that they can do things that they never thought they could knowing what it's like to be a part of a team and a team yeah. that prays together you know there are all of those benefits and and those are mm-hmm. not unimportant
0: no, no um those are very important. so
1: i think if the end goal of your team is that you will leave the community or the place that you went to in some way better,
0: yeah.
1: uh, whether that's through direct evangelism or whether that's sort of indirectly helping other people, but also that you have helped your young people grow, then I think that's a successful missions trip. Yeah. And I don't think it has to be one or the other. Yeah. Um I think we certainly shouldn't be leaving things worse worse than we than we find them. That's baseline,
0: um, yeah. That's baseline. I don't
1: think that's I don't think that's great for the gospel. But you know, I I I wouldn't diss yeah. a, a practical trip yeah. um, if it's really leaving leaving things better than than you find them.
0: Right. Um, yeah. 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 So I one of my I don't know. I, so I'm I'm not a youth pastor anymore, which sad face. I I really. I really miss uh, being a youth pastor already. <laughs> it's only been a few months. Um, but kind of looking back on my youth ministry experience, thinking about students who remained um, in the faith, students who have walked away, um, students who are kind of spiritual nomads and don't really know where they stand. It is interesting Um I do wonder how much the way we do missions feeds into some of the deconstruction and secularism. And if we're, if we're always doing youth missions in a way that is actually just service projects, but not really gospel ministry. Um, Again, service projects are biblical ministry, right? But differentiating biblical ministry and gospel ministry. Um. So it, it's it's biblical ministry. It's biblical servanthood, serving the poor, serving the mar- marginalized, right, and doing important work. Um, but we're not really deliberate about the gospel in those ministries. I just wonder how many students, um, grow up in church, go on these service projects. Uh, service weeks, missions trips, whatever you call them. And then they walk away from the faith, but they retain kind of the value for homelessness and feeding the poor and serving those in need. And so I just wonder how much is the way we're doing missions implicitly saying, well, you can... You can still do all those good things and be a good person without the gospel.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, yeah. and so you know,
1: and I, I'm yeah, glad that
0: definitely. they're like holding on to those lessons that we taught. Like, obviously, I'm yeah. not like, well, stop feeding the homeless, then, right? Um, yeah. Obviously not, but it it is interesting. Like, what is the emphasis? Like, is the emphasis yeah. on the gospel, propelling us to serve and to care for for the needy? Or is the emphasis on the needy?
1: I think the emphasis has to always be on what is the greatest need of the right. people that you're going to serve. Yeah, Is their greatest need that they're homeless? It's actually not. It is a massive need. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah, But it's not their greatest need. You put a roof over their heads, wonderful. But they still don't know the Lord. Right. So if you are... And a lot of this and a lot of what I think we're probably going to end up talking about is about how intentional we are with this, with our young people. Do we just go, hey, this year we're going to go to X location and we're going to build Y. And then you come home and you don't think about it anymore. You don't talk about it anymore. There's been no build into it. There's no fade out of it. It's a one and done. You just go, you do your thing and you come home and you don't think about it anymore. Yeah, there's a thing we did. Um. But if you're building towards it with your young people, You know, and if you're talking about, so say perhaps, and and again, in your context, I don't know if this is if this is the kind of thing. But say perhaps there's a tiny church somewhere, and they really need, you know, some kind of um, back to kids, some kind of kids playground or something like that. Yeah. And you're going to go and help to put this together. Is that all you talk about? We're going to go and do this kids playground. Yay for the kids! You know, or are you going? here's what these people are actually doing. Here's the people they're reaching out to. Here's the encouragements they've had. Here are some of the discouragements that they've had. You know, here, here's how we can be praying for them before we even go and meet them. Then you go and meet them and you spend time finding out about the work that they're doing and the need that there is in that community, not just physical need, but spiritual need. And if you build all of that in, And you're constantly reinforcing this idea that, yes, this is going to be a really great thing. But why is it going to be a really great thing? Because it is going to bring people along who Mm -hmm. we can then get alongside and tell them about the Lord. And it's going to show kindness to this community. It's going to give us opportunities to speak to parents. You know, it, it, it always has to be about your end goal. And I, or the end goal of whatever it is that you're doing or you're building or you're painting or whatever, whatever it is, right. there has to be an end goal that is about what is actually people's greatest need. It's not this playground. That's not their greatest need. Their yeah. greatest need is the Lord. Yeah. And h- uh, how is this feeding into that? And if you're very intentional with that and very focused, and I don't know if you want me to go on into that because that is a real hobby, hobby yeah. horse of mine, yeah. or if you want to wait until um, a little bit down the line, but I think. If we're very focused in how we approach any kind of mission, um, then that all starts to fit together for our young people. Whereas if it's just a, here's something good that we go and do, then there's no reason why when they're grown up and out in the world and maybe um, not walking with the Lord, that they will also go, oh, there's a humanitarian crisis. I, I can throw $50 at that, and I've done my good thing. And again, right. I'm not saying that's not a good thing to yep. do. Of course it is. Yep. But there is nothing underneath to go, what is actually right. this world's greatest need right across the globe?
0: Okay. All right. You know? So So what have you learned and seen about casting a vision for evangelism and gospel missions among youth, right? Let's go there.
1: Let's go there. <laughs> Um, I mean, I've listened to your podcast a lot, so I know this is something that you, you've talked about a lot that all of your listeners will know. I, I am not, um, I am not, I'm preaching to the choir here, you know, yeah. but we all know that young people are overloaded. They yeah. are overloaded with information. Yeah. We're all overloaded with information.
0: True. You know, was, yeah.
1: in, you know, sort of the 20 years since I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, if there was something bad going on in the world... I would have maybe watched it on the news with my parents, might have read a little bit about it um, on the paper, maybe just about online in those days. We no. were just, you know, getting online. No. Um, and then I went about my day, Yeah, you know? Whereas nowadays we all have it in our pockets and it's nope. this constant news cycle and the constant barrage of needs in this world and of injustices yeah. and of things that you know, th- people asking us for our money and people asking us for our time and the things to get us stressed and anxious and to feel like the world is caving in on us. We-, we are all subjected to that all the time. Our teenagers have never known life without that. Right. So they are in school getting told about X, Y, and Z causes. They're then looking at their phone and they're saying that there's a war somewhere and there's a humanitarian crisis somewhere and women are being badly treated somewhere and children are being badly treated somewhere else. You know, it's constant. yeah. And there are usually, you know, there are sort of a couple of main responses to that. One is you you curl up in a ball and you don't do anything. Right. Or the other is you try to fix everything. And actually neither of those is the right solution Um, because we can't all fix the world. You know, none of us can do that by ourselves and our teenagers certainly can't. So I think one of the most important things that youth leaders can do for their young people is to help them find their value. By being focused and committed to one or two things. Um, and I think that takes planning and effort. It's not saying let's have a big, you know, and again, I don't know if you do this in the US, but say, you know, a massive mission event where you've got like at a conference maybe where you've got lots of different missionary organizations represented. Those are great for giving a taster. Yeah. But in terms of your young people, You know, taking them to one of those per year or throwing one for them one, you know, throwing one of those for them once per year isn't going to help them figure out where they can be used. But if you're planning ahead and you're thinking, well, maybe for three years, for the next three years, we're going to support one missionary or one organization or one church or one cause and then really work on that, be very, very intentional in that. So you're praying for those people every time you meet. Yeah. You're maybe having occasional Zoom calls with them or video messages from them to play for the young people. Yeah. You then maybe build that into a missions trip where you go and you spend time with them and you support them that way. But it's something that is really focused and really intentional. And I think it needs to be both of those things. Because if we just keep bringing, you know, here's here's one cause, then in another couple of weeks, here's another, then here's another, you know, it's, it doesn't help with that confusion and that mess in their heads of... How do we help? Who can we help? What can we do? You know, should we get involved in this that we're being told in school? Should we get involved in this that we're being told about in church? You know, yeah. I think it actually teaches a really valuable lesson, which is you can be committed to something and make a real difference. It's the the boy with the starfish, you know that yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. The boy with the starfish on the yeah. beach. He can't save them all, but, you know, each, each yeah. one that he saves, he's made a massive difference yeah. to their life. And And I think that's something that our young people need to be taught because they are just in this whirlwind of information all the time so if we can help teach them the value of being committed to one or two things yeah and really investing in those one or two things and the difference that that can make i think that's something really special that we can do for our young people and and i mean i'm i work for a mission organization <laughs> um and i i think i would be fairly confident in saying um And again, in your context, it may be slightly different, but I think I would be fairly confident in saying that if any youth group was to contact us and say, we've decided that we're committing to supporting you for three years, can you send us some resources, can you keep in touch with us, we would be delighted, (laughs) you know, we would be delighted to help in that way. So I think there are things like that, that youth pastors can can try to include in their in their plan for the year ahead and their plan for the next three years to be very intentional and, and, and involved, get properly involved in something.
0: All right. So a few things. Um, first off, ouch, I'm feeling convicted. Oh, I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. (laughs) No, it's good. No, I think sometimes, um, I guess I wonder, um, so my the churches that I've always been a part of have a very high value for missions work and, and missionary yeah. support, um, and that's deliberate. I, I, I don't think that I would serve and worship at a church where that wasn't a high emphasis. Um, the missions board has always assigned a specific missionary to the youth, and— okay. um, yeah, I'm just kind of sitting here thinking like, oh man, like I totally let, let that down. Like I, I did not <laughs> I did not make that a high emphasis. Um mm. it was like maybe once a year we'll send like a batch of cards that kids write, like, hey is Mr. So and so like but like I wonder what it would have meant for the students and for that missionary to have some regular communication with students in the youth group. If instead of making it like this cheesy thing that the missions board is trying to push, what if youth workers genuinely embraced like, Hey, look, like we want our students to really get to know some of our missionaries and for some of our missionaries to get to know our students. And so how can we prioritize that communication and and partnership and with the gift of the internet? Right. Um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's so much easier. So I don't know. I just I'm sitting here like, Oh, that's such a great. That's such a great word, Allie, and um, I wish I did that better.
1: Well, I think that is that is the dream, and for most missionaries, that's the dream. I don't, Yeah. again, I'm speaking on behalf of all missionaries worldwide, yeah. which I probably shouldn't do. I, I may be wrong in this, but I don't think there are many missionaries who feel um, that their life's sort of work is, or their you know, that they feel most encouraged when they go and speak perhaps at a church once, get a check and then never hear from them again, you know. So I think I I have to say, I think even that batch of Christmas cards or whatever it was, was probably really encouraging to them. Um, Our missionaries in particular, because they're mostly Indigenous, they don't have a a sort of a big sending church behind them the way a lot of missionaries that are sent out from the US or from the UK, you know, um, they'll have, that sort of church support built in from their home congregation and ours yeah. don't. So this is quite this is an area that we work on quite a lot. Is what we call church partnership, which is actually yeah. very deliberately partnering churches in the UK um, with, you know, say a church in in Finland or in Bulgaria or wherever it might be, yeah. so yeah. that they can try and build those kind of relationships. And I can tell you how much those relationships mean both ways. Right. Um, you know that there are some of our pastors some of our missionaries who work in really lonely places. And one of them particularly quite recently told me how lonely he was and he just wants friends. And that's what our church partnership is designed to, to help with as yeah. much as it is to help with finance and with whatever else. It's designed to give them Support. someone that they can lift yeah. the phone to or that they yeah. can have a WhatsApp group with yeah. or that they can send little video messages to. So I do think that that is really important. And if and if your church is, you know their mission board are tr- are trying to do that. I think that's a really encouraging thing, and and don't don't undervalue, yeah. you know, even don't undervalue what you did do because I just think that will have meant something to them. But certainly, you know, even to have like a whatsapp group um that they can send little prayer requests through on so that they know that maybe on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis whatever it might be you're praying for them yeah that you can then send on to the young people so that they start you start to build a relationship yeah and it does start to become a much a much bigger thing and then if you do then get the opportunity to send a team over to that to to that particular missionary my goodness you've got such a great basis and you've got you know, so much knowledge that's already been built up and the young people are invested. Yeah. And this yeah. is someone that they want to help and they want to see these needs that they've heard about. They want to see it firsthand and they want to get involved. And it may become a longer term thing that as they get older. They might keep on supporting that person. You don't know, but I think it just means a lot more and will have much more of an impact on everyone. You know, if it's something that you're very intentionally yeah. building into.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know international trips for, Youth workers mm-hmm. in the States are very difficult and of course very expensive.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: um, of course. Yeah, and, and so international travel from the States is a little bit more complicated than inter- international yeah. travel across Europe, I think. There's a lot but of But
1: it works internally but, as well. You know, you it, could, does, it you, still works internally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like but don't let that be a cop out, right? Like don't that be not. an excuse to just be like, oh well. I can't do that. Like th- there are ways that you can creatively support and encourage um, missionaries, and so yeah. And I think, I think if, about doing that.
1: Yeah, and if you look at sort of the missionaries of old, you know, who headed off on a boat on you yep. know for six weeks to yep. get to China or whatever, and didn't get home very often, yeah. and didn't have the internet. And yet they still have people yeah. who prayed for them, yep. you know, so I think we, even if we never travel, even if we never leave our, our yeah. hometown, we can do so much more. We can be so much yeah. more invested and yeah. give so much more encouragement, you know, even than, than in those days. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good word. Um, all right. So, uh, time is doing what time does. And, um, I, I'm, I'm curious for, for you and your experience with uh, European mission fellowship and, um, serving and partnering with, um, pastors and missionaries across Europe. Um, what are some important principles or lessons that you've learned in your missions advocacy role, right? What are some principles, lessons that you've learned that would be good for youth workers to hear? Yeah,
1: I think I've, We've probably touched on them already, I think the value of commitment um the value of being focused and committed yeah um is probably a big thing and and again, thinking of those starfish that that one missionary or that one organization that yeah. you focus on and are committed to will appreciate that so much
0: yeah.
1: um I think also young people love to find out about young people, yeah so um. Our recent magazine, which you've seen because your podcast was was um was featured in it, was written entirely by young people from around yeah. Europe. Yeah, and and we know of of youth groups here in the UK who have used that magazine, you know, to pray and to find out about what some of because young people in many ways are the same the world over, and yet they have different challenges, different pulls on them, different um struggles, that, different things that they might face. So I think young people love to find out about young people. So, if you know I think that's a really helpful yeah. way of of including your young people in mission is here's so and so on the other side of the world, they're pretty much exactly the same as you in many ways, but here's what they're dealing with and mm-hmm. and that can really resonate with young people,
0: yeah, for sure that's good um so a- as we wrap up, is there any final um word of advice or encouragement that you'd like to offer to youth pastors who are planning? Their missions trips, uh, this is the time of year, um, at least here in the States, when a lot of uh, deadlines and deposits and all those things (laughs) are due. And you're starting to promote the trip to students and getting sign-up deadlines and um, starting to meet with a team in the new year and and all those things. Um, How could any final admonitions, encouragements on how these youth workers can be more intentional and targeted for long-term fruit?
1: I think, I think being intentional is probably my, my main piece of advice. Don't just see this as a tick box, as something that we do for our young people, as something that we do as a church. Um, see it as something that that you can build upon, um, whether it's that you go back to the same place every year and build on the work that you're doing there or that you build on it in terms of topics and themes and discussions and Bible studies with your young people. I think building it into everything that you do, building this sort of a heart for mission, I think, you know, and even thinking of Acts 1, you know, where it talks about when the Holy Spirit comes on you, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in uh, Judea and Samaria and onto the ends of the earth. You Mm -hmm. know, looking at that as a three-stage thing, how how are we being witnesses in our own community? How are we being witnesses a little bit further afield? And what are we doing worldwide? That's, you know, I think that's a really helpful way of sort of focusing. There will obviously be things that you'll be doing locally There will be things then, you know, most of your missions trips are internal. So, you know, that's your kind of Judea and Samaria. But are you thinking beyond the US and Canada? You know, is there someone that we can support? Is there someone we can get behind, even if we don't go to visit them? But if we can have a Zoom with them, you know, pray for them, send send them Christmas cards, uh, send their children presents, you know, are there ways we can get invested in that? I think building that heart for mission into young people, and I would actually say... I'm going slightly off on a tangent here but I would say even for parents and children's workers that are listening start young. You know, we were told missionary stories from we were mm. very little. Yeah. Um, at home, but also in our kids' clubs, sometimes they would maybe serialize a missionary story. You know, not it didn't replace Bible teaching, but, you know, it yep. would have been alongside it, maybe a couple of minutes of a missionary story. Yeah. Those stories inspired me when I yeah. was a child.
0: That's a good word. You know,
1: and and very often they were stories of people who really did leave it all in a time when they didn't have, you know, easy ways of getting home and easy ways of communicating. And those are stories that give you a real heart for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's, again... You know, we we are called to our local community. We're called to our local country, but we do need to look a little bit beyond as well, yeah. and and see the bigger the bigger picture and see the bigger world. The US, I think, something like twenty seven percent evangelicals. Europe, two point five. You know, there's a real mission field there, yeah. and there is so much that we can be learning about and praying for. Um. So even if you take those kind of three. Three areas from that verse in Acts, and and try to build a little bit of each of those into your plan for your young people. I just think it will give them a, a bit of a passion and a bit of a fire, and start as young as you can, um, because the world needs the gospel.
0: Yeah, Amen, Amen. Hey, for for listeners who want to learn more about European Mission Fellowship, um, where where can they go and how can they get connected to to get more information?
1: Sure. So our website is europeanmission.org um, and there is a contact button there so they can contact that way. I am on Instagram and Twitter, X, whatever we're <laughs> calling it these days. Um, and you know, I should know my handle. I think it's Ali, underscore, Ali Woodrow underscore EMF. So I can be contacted there. I could also give you my email address um, if you wanted to put it on there on the little blurb about the podcast perhaps, but yes, if they can't, if anyone wants to contact us, they can do it through the webpage and it'll, it'll possibly come to me or to one of my colleagues, but, um, and there's lots of information there. There's a great blog and we're quite active on Facebook. So if you look at European mission on Facebook as well, you'll get to see lots of what we've got going on.
0: All right. Allie, thank you so much for uh, your ministry. Thanks for reaching out uh, a few months back. Um, Yeah, really, Really grateful and encouraged for you and uh, for the important ministry that that EMF is doing. So, uh, thanks for joining us for this um, for this conversation. Yeah, really, really Thank thankful you for, for having me. really thankful for the ways that you convicted me <laughs> uh, oh, in, in all the really, right ways. In all the right I ways.
1: I really feel like that wasn't what I came here no, to do. No,
0: <laughs> no, no. It was good. No, sometimes you, you kind of look back and go like, Yeah, I that was that was something that that I'm learning. I can learn from. So oh, yeah, very. Well, thank you for wonderful. your podcast.
1: I have, I have really um, benefited from it and recommended it to a lot of people. So thank you for the work you're doing as well.
0: I appreciate that. <laughs> well, listeners, thanks for listening in. And uh, as always, uh, YPT doesn't uh, pay for marketing or advertising or anything like that. So we really do rely on our listeners and our readers to share about uh, Youth Pastor Theologian with fellow youth workers and others uh, who might benefit from the ministry. So make sure you like, share, subscribe, all the things. You know what to do. Uh, So until next week, keep your eyes on Jesus, and we'll see you then. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. YPT's mission is to empower youth workers to pursue theological depth because we're committed to inviting students into a faith that's big enough to grow into. You can learn more about the ministry and other resources we offer at youthpastortheologian.com. And you can find us on most social media at Youth Theologian.